0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dinner time is here. That's right, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 10 of Hannibal on Dish by Dish. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from the Baltimore Institute for the Criminally Insane. This is the Dish by Dish podcast, our Kill by Kill podcast. sort of a spinoff where we talk about an episode of Hannibal and of course there's only one person I trust that if I die by questionable means she'll dick up my corpse and make it look beautiful the one the only Gina Radcliffe how are you doing today Gina I'm good I, I've got the the lights turned
1: low <laughs> I, I i've got my smoking jacket on yeah I, i've got my personal saxophone player in the background
0: <laughs> you have a personal saxophone I, player
1: I, I do he he's on my economy? he's on my
0: payroll <laughs> Man, mean you got a payroll that's even better
1: i i'm just i'm doing well I'm i'm making moves <laughs> but, but, but why do i have my personal saxophone player because everybody's getting real sexy in this episode
0: it really is i mean can you imagine like the network is on a phone call with brian full <laughs> and they're like so um what do you what do you have cooking for because i saw the script here and it's there's not a lot of dialogue in that third act like what do you have cooking there goes, oh it's um it's a psychotropic fuck fest i i think is uh <laughs> What am going to try to put on your, your network television station?
1: Well, the funny thing is, is just this week, and you know, coincidentally, as we're recording this episode, uh,
0: uh-huh.
1: someone posted on Twitter uh, a blurb from an interview with Brian Fuller about how they had to change a certain line of dialogue
0: oh.
1: in, in this particular episode regarding, oh, uh, that. regarding Margot Berger. Uh-huh. And, and, um, and Mason's kind of quaint use of the phrase um, button threading, I think yeah. he said, yes. uh, to to mean female on female oral sex. Oh. Um, because the network would not let them use the phrase buff diving. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just find, and I'm, I'm hardly the only person to make this observation, that this episode <laughs> kind of opens with a human being's face stretched over. Like uh, a skeleton of a, I, I guess a saber toothed tiger. Is yes. that what he, is that what he's supposed to be attached? Well, technically,
0: to? I, I well, it's it also does kind of look like a cave bear. And my my son would be remiss if he did not ask me. You know, psychically, I just I I winced because it's it's a uh, saber toothed cat. They're they're not actually tigers.
1: Ah, yes. They're okay. more
0: closely related to cats. Um, that's what happens when you live too close to, uh, the, the tar pits here. <laughs> I mean, your, your kid wants to go every fucking month. Um, he was really into it, but I, it all, must also be a cave. It might actually be an a real cave bear skeleton.
1: Okay. But, but be, be that as it may, they could get away with that. Mm-hmm. And all of the other horrific tableaus that have been set up for for this this show so far. But you know, they, they draw the line at the phrase muff diving.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you have to have some standards, I suppose. Is what's going on there? But like, I, I was thinking like when I heard button threading, I'm like, what is, what am i not getting here and what i'm not getting here is that (laughs) let's be in oral sex okay sure uh that that he's so full mason verger of old-timey colloquialisms
1: (laughs) yeah mason verger or as i described him is michael pitt as james urbaniac as mason verger
0: (laughs) with a bit of the joker thrown in a
1: little bit yeah
0: yeah Um, and I mean he is a joy to watch. Like he is throwing himself into this role. (laughs) Let's
1: let's Yeah, and 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 it's a very colorful role of of someone who I believe is implies a child molester. Um at the very
0: least, he is a child molester.
1: Who is just for shiggles, training pigs to eat people and also makes martinis out of tears yeah (laughs) which i don't believe that was a that was that's a that's a that's a brian fuller original that was not in the book because i don't
0: remember that part in
1: the book we we don't see him we don't get to know him before his face is basically sliced off he's already paralyzed and and uh and and um disfigured we only it's only briefly explained that I, I think in the book he was supposed to be a pedophile as well and also mistreated his sister uh, but the the making making martinis out of tears saying that that's that's strictly for this i think
0: yeah he's got quite a kit that he's, <laughs> he's he breaks out whenever he makes a child cry and, and his, his, and his, his sister and, you know, like, <laughs> oh my god Oh, wow. It's he, just, it's such a uh, performance with a capital P. Um, and it's a welcome addition here. And uh, the not, again, the nice thing about not really exactly treading territory that other media uh, versions of the sort of Hannibal books have covered is that you can explore these characters with a bit more um, freedom. You're... You're not bound by the constructs of, of how they were uh, portrayed in, in, in a popular, more popular form. You can really just do what you want with them. And I think with Margot, you make her a real person. Right. Whereas in,
1: whereas in the book, as, as, as we discussed uh, in the previous episode, you know, what is Margot Verger? She's a lesbian.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and well... She's a lesbian <laughs> <laughs> it's like all right please do go on well she likes women right
0: uh-huh.
1: yeah i'm just making that you know keep going gesture. oh there's nothing more than that okay
0: yeah, she's a lesbian but get this she doesn't have a penis so like <laughs> cattle prod <laughs> jesus christ
1: where did that cattle prod go <laughs> Where did they put that eel? <laughs>
0: <You know? laughs> oh God! Oh boy, oh boy! Yeah, yeah we, um, we we
1: we we for the benefit of our listeners, we are we are talking about how we're going to wrap up this project altogether, and yeah, we are going to probably talk about at length the movie Hannibal, but also as a nice palate cleanser, we'll talk about an actual movie, which is Manhunter.
0: Yes. Yeah, I, I think we owe it to everyone. <laughs> I am curious to revisit Hannibal again. I think we said that before. Uh, but let's, Are, are uh, you,
1: though, or are you, are, you, are you really curious, or are you curious in the way that someone, like, you know, rubbernecks
0: a car crash? Um, I think a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B. I mean, it's a movie that I saw once, and I didn't particularly enjoy it with the exception of the final scene. And a a book experience that I didn't particularly enjoy, and yet I remember vividly. So I, you know, maybe I'll find something new. Maybe I'll find something I like. Maybe I'll find something new to hate. I I don't really know, but uh, we will discover it all together at the end of this particular uh, meat-covered rainbow. And where that meat came from, you don't want to know, everyone.
1: Yeah, just, you know, don't try to smell it. Don't 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 try to to suss it out from the person who gave it to you what it is.
0: Yeah. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, this particular episode um, picks up right where the previous one uh, stopped. We uh, it does give you a better look at that window. And I must apologize uh, because in our episode nine coverage, I talked about how it was glass brick. It is not. It is square, small square panes of window. But I also don't believe that that window existed previously. But uh, our old friend, uh, Mr. Tear, in his Robo Bear uh, killer costume, uh, crashes through that window. And we kind of see through Will's eyes they tussle and he ends up killing this guy uh, with his bare hands. This is what we know from what we're being told. Let's all keep that in mind and as we alluded to earlier uh that particular gentleman randall tear uh ends up uh, in the natural history museum uh with three quarters of his head mounted on a cave bear fossil
1: <laughs> which is really when you think about probably how he wanted it to go
0: uh, i do think that it is kind of honoring him as an individual and what he wanted to do in this life and perhaps the next
1: as opposed to being strung up with your balls cut off. Because honestly, <laughs> who really wants that?
0: No one. I mean, I'm sure there's there's one guy out there, but we we, we suss him out at a party and we don't talk to him. Uh, so to all of this, Jack is seriously flabbergasted. And we have, we have all of these scenes in which people look at each other askance. Yeah, there's a lot of
1: meaningful looks in, in this episode. Yes. You know, like, you know, a lot of Alana Bloom brow furrowing.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, no one trusts anyone. We're all very tired. John Carpenter's the thing. It's all <laughs> happening at once. <laughs> um, meanwhile, it looks like Freddie Lowndes is staying in the same hotel that the flesh angels were discovered in in season one. Sure. Then, then is the same fucking hotel room set.
1: Yeah, like, you would think you would think that the you know the 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 crack journalist of murderstab.com <laughs> would would have a slightly better traveling budget.
0: Are we going to break into the murderstab.com t-shirt market? Should we have one of someone we, we come up should. with the t-shirt for murderstab.com? <laughs> Is it time for dish by dish to have its own t shirt That's what I'm thinking. I think, I think we should. Yeah. I think, yes. I, I mean, let it, let us know if you would buy a murderstab.com t-shirt <laughs> and then, then we'll, we'll, we'll send, we'll send one, we'll send one off to uh, someone to model it. We'll go the full uh, bizarre route with it. Um, Freddie Lowndes um, doesn't believe that Dr. Chilton was the Chesapeake Ripper. She doesn't believe the story. It doesn't it doesn't pass the smell test for her, and is the first time in her history of the show of being right about anything.
1: Yeah, she's not terrible this season. She's, uh, I mean, I, I I have to assume that maybe uh, the 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 presumed death of Abigail Hobbs has 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 humbled her a bit. Yeah. Um. So she is a, a little more acting like a real reporter now, and not and not you know just a you know a yellow journalist.
0: True, and I because she has uh, a bit of skin in the game, uh, quite literally. Uh, I think that is bringing out, uh, you know, the, her. The instincts that she has honed, but now she's using it for a purpose Uh, in her conversation with Will, because they're still writing that book, I guess. (laughs) I don't know why you would, but okay, they're writing this book. She says that Chilton fled uh, surgery for psychiatry to avoid the embarrassment of how bad that he was. And that really should have been followed with. uh, Yeah, but the embarrassment followed him anyways.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, he he was as incompetent a surgeon as he was in everything else in his life.
0: Yeah, mission not accomplished. Like, there's a lot of rejoinders that should have been sandwiched in there, and they just kind of let it be poignant silence. But, uh, uh, okay. Uh, We also get a a shot of uh, the Verger estate. And I guess the question I have for you, Gina, is how many gothic fucking castles does Maryland have?
1: You know, I, I did not. Yeah, I lived in Maryland for a few years. I don't think I saw a single imposing castle.
0: <laughs> but everyone seems to live in like an offshoot of Castle Dracul everywhere you go.
1: <laughs> I mean, the closest I got was on the on the road to Virginia. i actually have been in Virginia is um, the Emerald City, which is a a a huge Mormon temple that is, that no. is liter- literally bright green. <laughs> Like you cannot yeah. you cannot miss it from 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 the road. it, it is enormous <laughs> and very, very green.
0: I'm sorry for that. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, did, did you help build it? Was that was, was that part of your somehow, mission? Work? <laughs> <right>? <laughs> I
0: the only thing I took away from the church was myself. Uh, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. Never visited personally. But my brother Casey did serve his mission in the DC, Maryland area. That so. he
1: probably has been there.
0: He probably has uh, shout out to Casey Hamilton, a hell of a guy. Um, and uh, this is where we get that sort of formal introduction to Mason uh, Verger and uh, Michael Pitt is playing this in like in the way that the, his dial goes all the way to 11. His hairstyle looks like entire tufts of hair are attempting to escape his skull, just run for their lives
1: yeah, he you 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 made a good observation by saying he's kind of playing this role like the Joker. He he very much mm-hmm. comes off like a like a comic book villain. Yes. Just comically loathsome.
0: But I also think that the show needs it can't be another version of Hannibal.
1: No, right? no, no, no. No, no. You know, Hannibal is you know, very calm, very cool. You know, very much not trying to you know, look like a psychopath. Where you know, you know, Mason is basically like, I'm rich. I could do whatever I want. Yeah, tra- he doesn't train trains tra- 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 pigs. Hide. So I'm gonna I'm gonna train pigs to kill to eat people, <laughs> just for the hell of it. Because I can. Because I'm Mason fucking Berger. My dad ran a meat plant.
0: Yeah. He doesn't have to evade his, detection because he's too rich. Like everyone detects that he's a psycho, but you know, you can't beat his prices, I guess. Yeah,
1: because his, his papa was a a a you you a scion in the meat industry. <laughs>
0: yeah. And he talks about Papa a lot. Like I don't think he has a scene where Papa doesn't make a posthumous you know, appearance. <laughs> There's a, a lot of talk about dear old dad. And I'm going to go out on a uh, limb here and say it was not as great a relationship as he's painting it.
1: No, I, I'm going to assume
0: not. Uh, Margot uh, also tells us a little bit more about the predicament that she finds herself in. In that there has to be a legitimate male heir uh, in the family. Otherwise, if she were to, I don't know, plug Mason's head with a couple new bullet holes, the entire fortune gets donated to the Southern Baptists, which really feels like a fuck you. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's fictional and it still feels like a fuck you to me.
1: Well, yeah. Uh,
0: This is where I think Mason feels emboldened to openly threaten her with feeding her to his carnivorous pigs you know she's in a real pickle
1: <laughs> yeah i mean who's among us
0: <laughs> i i do it, not believe i ever threatened any of my siblings with feeding them to the carnivorous pigs he, i keep in a maze and i throw eastern african music at them all to, day just long. to like
1: just to torment them or something <laughs> make yes. them really angry
0: yeah well while um, they while
1: they train by eating a soup full of meat
0: Yes, um, and we, his uh, little, what is the name of his uh, helper there? Carlo. 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 Um, who looks like a Carlo. And is another thing from the book, uh, from the Hannibal book. He, he's an uh, uh, Italian uh, <laughs> friend who has bred these pigs to, you know, efficiently eat a person.
1: Yeah, there's no, we, we don't get the sense that Mason has actually killed anyone. I mean, he certainly has tortured Margot, and, like I said, is, is heavily implied to be a child molester. Yeah. But this sort of seems like, well, I'm ready to kill now. Let's figure out the best way I can do this. I know. <laughs> we'll breed pigs to eat people.
0: <laughs> it, even if you don't use them, at least you know you have them. And so few of us have our have bred our own huge kennel of pigs that will eat a dead body or a live one if need be. And uh, that's where we get to our ad break where we're going to talk about uh, our, sp- our new sponsor, um, Pig Alert. They tell you when your life has reached the point where you need to start breeding pigs to eat people, your enemies, your friends, whoever you need.
1: I, I mean, honestly, I think we are all at that point right now. <laughs>
0: You know, you, uh, the you, list you, of people you, I want to feed the pigs is longer than I ever thought.
1: You know, you really, you, you read a lot of these articles these days about how people have changed since the pandemic and, and yeah. how, you know, you can either embrace that change and figure out how to apply it to your life or you just kind of remain stagnant. So I think really what these articles are saying is get some pigs. <laughs>
0: Build a maze. Build a get maze them to eat people. Get
1: some get some some deafening recordings of of, of Eastern Indian music.
0: Yeah, and just like drive make the pig, them crazy,
1: drive the pigs into a murderous frenzy by playing this music at at, at volume eleven.
0: Yeah, make sure you tilt that ornate mirror to such a place where you can sit atop that cage and really be able to watch them munch away on human flesh.
1: You know, make, make it like a sort of pay-per-view sort of setup. <laughs>
0: sure. Why, why keep this to yourself when you can capitalize on it? Uh, that is the American way when it comes down to it. Exactly. Hmm. Pigs, everyone.
1: Uh, <laughs> Treat them to eat. <laughs>
0: Uh, then the aforementioned third act of this is a psychotropic fuck fest.
1: Yeah, which, everybody, uh, Hannibal, everybody is boning down.
0: Everyone has exactly what they want. They either have alcohol or theremin. Either way, it's it really works. Everyone's up for their job.
1: I mean, we've we've all we've all had to use you. know, ha, We've all you know gotten into some trouble, as it were, thanks to alcohol. <laughs> But how many of us could say we've gotten into some trouble thanks to playing the theremin?
0: Very few of us. And that it's AIDS. Like, you should feel it here, and then you'll feel it here. And you know what he's touching. And Gina, this is network television.
1: I'm just sort of, I'm just sort of, uh, uh, I was too busy being preoccupied by trying to seduce
0: someone with. (laughs) <laughs> the soundtrack to a 50 sci-fi film that yeah. you also feel, you, know, you can feel your lady parts.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, Depeche Mode, yes. Barry White, certainly. Theremin music? I, I don't know. I think I'm going to put my robe back on and leave the room.
0: When we end up doing um, After Dark, we might have to cover that Fulci movie. Oh, my God. a woman comes to orgasm. With a guy blowing a saxophone. <laughs> <vagina>. <laughs> That's a real movie. And guess what? Now you know why Gina has a saxophonist on staff.
1: You you have to. I highly recommend it.
0: <laughs> um, And then at one point um, in the orgasmic glory, you know, uh, Will turns into Antler Man. And then... <laughs> And he's then also
1: somehow that is not a buzzkill. Yeah. He's fine with it. (laughs) Somehow he does not immediately stop fucking and say, Hey, that's weird.
0: But it also is some sort of trans dimensional portal where he then begins to be in a threesome with Hannibal and Alana. And they're okay with that too. I mean, why wouldn't you be? That's a very attractive (laughs) sandwich. Who, Who doesn't want to take a bite? (laughs) <laughs> uh, so uh and then mason invites Hannibal out to what i think is intimidate him i think mason's a very dumb character and i think i enjoy that like he's not super smart he's cunning but he is not smart and i think he's like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna show this hanable uh what i do and he's like thanks for inviting me and he goes well it would have been rude to say no and mason just doesn't know how to deal with this like he's rich but he's not cultured <laughs> he uh, abuses small children that's what he does um but he's hannibal just turns the tables on him and kind of puts him in check within two minutes like a i know what you do b i know who you are see you're lucky i can't tell anybody but also you can say things to me that I can't tell anybody, but Mason doesn't know who the fuck he's talking to. <laughs> and Mason comes out of that thinking, oh, I can I can manipulate this guy, I think. You cannot be more wrong.
1: Well, the funny thing is, is that, you know, somehow it does not occur to Mason, or if it doesn't occur to him, then he, then he doesn't care that Margot has been, talking about him to her psychiatrist yeah but he, he seems well, he seems genu-
0: he, about
1: it he seems genuinely perplexed that <laughs> that 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 hannibal seems to know you know the the stuff that he has put margot through which is you know apparently so horrifying that it could only be implied you know we've yes. only you know she kind of dances around it and you know, we, we kind of get you know, a brief glimpse, like he cuts her and, 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 you know, he abuses her, you know, presumably, I know, I know in the book, I think he molested her too. And, and, and so, but, you know, it's so horrible that it can't even be spoken out loud. And yeah. he just seems like, wait, what she told you about that? You know? I mean, it's like, <laughs> what do you think she would talk about to her psychiatrist? You know,
0: the, weight her show jumping worries, you know, like
1: you know, weight problems, you know, <laughs> you know, being afraid of silverware. I mean, what what do you what do you think she would talk to her, to her psychiatrist about, if not the person who you know has abused and tormented her, presumably her entire life?
0: Yes. Um, and this entire time, there's there's some talk at dinner uh, that happens between Alana, Hannibal, and Will about, uh, bound, about boundaries, about how she finds it very odd that these two can still have a psychiatric relationship even though they've accused one another of being a killer. And, um, you know, Hannibal, you know, states... I think someone else states that, like... Uh, you know, crossing boundaries is generally not how people get to know one another. And Hannibal responds with crossing boundaries is different than violating them. And I think that's what this entire episode is about. Um, The difference between crossing a boundary and violating it, because we're about to make some discoveries here Uh, in in the next couple of episodes that are really going to open us up to exactly what's going on here. But definitely boundaries are being crossed. The question is, who is violating them? Uh, But the idea that Freddie Lowndes is unconvinced that Chilton was the Chesapeake Ripper is now set into motion. And that means that Maybe Freddy's got to go. And if Hannibal can't convince Will to do it, uh, he's just going to do it himself. So he lies in wait in her hotel room and he's festooned in his old fashioned kill suit. But uh, unfortunately or fortunately for Freddy Lounds or maybe unfortunately for Freddy Lounds, there's a lot of fortune misfortune happening here. Um, She goes to Will's place and when he's not there, immediately breaks in. She, she
1: she pulls up Beverly cats.
0: <laughs> she sure does. And, um, you know, she finds that bloody robo bear suit. And then what's left of Randall Tear's lower jaw. And then Will. And he manages to break into her car while she's trying to drive away and yank her out by her hair. <laughs> and we cut to black. Uh, and then uh, later he shows up at Hannibal's kitchen. Uh, with a nicely uh, nice cut of freshly butchered meat. And it turns out they have a nice conversation over lomo saltado. Have you ever had lomo saltado? Gina? I have I have not. It's a Peruvian dish, and it's basically a stir-fry of sirloin, onions, tomatoes. It's typically served with French fried potatoes and rice. Um, how much of each is really depends on who's cooking it. It's very easy to do and very tasty. Uh, you usually use some uh, some vinegar and some soy sauce for a base, and it's very salty and good. Um, also, um, I think Hannibal's getting the friend that he wanted all along, which is if he can't be the Chesapeake Ripper, maybe he can be in charge of a Chesapeake Ripper? sure yeah
1: you know, and and gets and, and scores some fresh some fresh out of it
0: <laughs> i mean
1: and so it's a win-win for everybody you know will finally gets to embrace his dark side yes you hannibal gets some fresh meat
0: uh but he's also not above nitpicking this guy <laughs> he's like will like will i can taste that this meat is acidic it was afraid when it died <laughs> like are you sure? Like we've seen plenty of you hunting down people who were afraid.
1: Yeah, I mean there was that whole gag about when he cooked the rabbit for uh yeah. for Jack Crawford and like you know he says like he was a runner, and it's like and it's like yeah that guy was not just you know jogging in the park he was running away from you.
0: Yeah, mm, I don't know. I don't know that Hannibal knows how to be a good friend when it comes down to it.
1: Well, I think he knows how to be a friend of me.
0: <laughs> sure, absolutely. He's very good at that.
1: I mean, we've all uh, had, we, we've all had that one friend who who you know just gets pleasure out of, out of you know, getting little digs in at you, and yeah. and and you know, kind of kind of you know, you pecking away that self esteem.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I, I wish I hope to never be that friend, you know, where you have that adversarial relationship. I also never hope to be the friend who encourages somebody to kill somebody else and then like bring him over because we'll eat. <laughs>
1: I got the grill fired up. Let's go.
0: <laughs> Let, let's stir fry that bad boy.
1: I mean, I don't know. You and Becky have been taking those cooking classes. So, you know, the, the, yeah, you true. The time is right. <laughs> like <laughs> like like this, like that body's going to be if you don't cut it up and do something with it.
0: <laughs> we don't have any storage here. We also don't have like a spare fridge in our garage or anything like that. I don't even think we have the electrical for it.
1: Yeah, come on. It's 2021. Everybody's upcycling. What are you waiting for? <laughs>
0: Oh, it's hard enough to get my kid to eat anything other than ramen. And as he describes it, chicky tendies. (laughs) Have we told you the chicky tendies story yet? No. (laughs) We'll save it for the next episode because it is time to say goodbye. Before we do, where can people find you on these here internets, Gina?
1: I am a writer at thespool.net. I cover movies and television. Uh, I recently wrote an anniversary retrospective on David Cronenberg's The Fly. Um, And you can find me on Twitter against my own best judgment under Porcelain72.
0: Be there. Do it today, people. Uh, You can find us uh, anywhere that's on the socials, I'm pretty sure, at this point. And, uh, of course, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, If you want more Dish by Dish, guess what? The next episode is going to be in your feed. That's right, because we have so much coming up before Halloween. We're double-decking our coverage of Dish by Dish, and you're getting another episode right after this one. So until then, uh, for myself and for Gina, bye-bye, everybody. Bye!